Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Welcome back to another episode of Claws to the Wall, guys. we got a wonderful Monday episode here on May 2nd. This is Justin Brown. I'm joined with the wonderful Gage Sutton and Kobe Jackson here. Gage Sutton, this is your first time in here in two years. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, you were here when, what, Kobe passed? Uh, <laughs> that's how well, long it's been? I mean, that was the last time we were in here for, uh, or in Studio C to record Claws to the Wall. I mean, you know, when, when I became director, we were doing it virtually for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then um, when Cole and Jacob took over, I was helping out every once in a while, but it was all still virtual because we were going through COVID mm -hmm. and stuff. But mm -hmm. now that we're back at Studio C, this is awesome. Like, this is really the best way Welcome to record home. the podcast. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I feel at home right now, guys. And so we got a good episode for you today with all sorts of sports. But first, I mean, we're going to give you a little bit of Bobcat. We got some national sports. We got some news here in Texas State. We got a good show for you today. So our KTSW senior year, we're going to make you feel welcome. Now, okay, <laughs> first, we got to start off with your Bobcat recap. Now, the Bobcat recap, we've had a really packed weekend for Texas State Sports. We had both baseball and softball home for series, so that parking lot was full, believe it or not. Um, but, yeah, so softball sweeps the series, but baseball wins 2-1 to one against South Alabama. But I want to hear your thoughts on that final game. I, the final score was 8-21, to 21, I believe, of that final Sunday afternoon bout where U.S. Yep. seems like South Alabama just went crazy, guys. I want to hear your thoughts on this series and your thoughts on this next upcoming game of UIW. Well, I mean, I mean, two out of three doesn't sound bad, but if you really look at the last game of the series, you can really now start to question, like, what is going on? To me, I mean, don't get me wrong, we've been talking about their bullpen all year. You know, it's been the main story. They've been up, they've been down, but now we're in question now is that who would be better as a Sunday pitcher? You know, because for the past, you know, for the past year, we've always kind of been, you know, up and down as far as, you know, who pitches. And normally Roby's usually on the mound, usually on Sundays, but I know he pitched earlier in the week. So they had to go uh, with, Pey with Zay uh, Peyton Zabel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just interesting how this goes and stuff for their bull uh, for the bullpen. But, you know, I don't want to. It's questioning now because of this big loss. Because I think this is the first time, in, at least in conference, that they've been run ruled in stuff in uh, in the season. So, I mean, I mean, but I mean, overall, two out of three. I mean, you can't complain about that. But I mean, I think they all prefer to sweep uh, better. So, uh, but you know, we're in they're in questioning now. So I want to see you know how they an answer it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing about the Texas State baseball team is by looking just through previous games. They have a couple games where, you know, two, three, four runs, which isn't bad. But mm -hmm. when you go back to some of the losses and you see those high amount of runs, those are the reasons why they're losing games. I mean, they're hitting. Mm -hmm. they, they, they've they been hitting all year. Mm -hmm. But there are just these games where the bullpen really does come back to hurt them. I mean, we can go back to the April 26th loss to UTSA, 8-14. to 14. I mean, you put up eight runs, but you let the Roadrunners put up 14. I mean... There's just not much that you can do if you're you're allowing that to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we saw our baseball team and our softball team enter this weekend both on win streaks, and we only have one of those teams on one still. That's softball with 12 games. So we'll get into that. But with baseball here, it seems like they mounted that win streak because, believe it or not, they do have some great hitters. I'll just say it right now. Oh, of course. Dalton Sheffield. We got um, you John Wetheridge. John Wetheridge, yes. And we've seen Justin Thompson do great. We've seen just some amazing performances on the hitting side. Now, with the bullpen, I'd say the only person that, uh, like, you know, makes me, when it comes to mind, I think of Zeke Wood. I mean, mm -hmm. 12 strikeouts that Georgia Southern series. Yes. And then I also think of Tristan Stivers, one of our best closers. And that's the one I think of when I think of our pitching. Now, seven pitchers getting rotated in this game, this final game, because. Believe it or not, South Alabama scores 10 runs in the top of the second. I don't know Which how. is insane. And that's huge. That is huge. It's 10-2 to two in the t uh, by the bottom of the second, and the Bobcats are down eight. And that game, and they're still not done. They score another 10 runs on the Bobcats by the end of it. So it's just that bullpen rotation is very important. That's the one thing I was going to say about this team, and I've been saying to people, it's like our team has everything. We got great fielding. We got great hitting. 
We just need reliable pitching. Exactly. And no, no question. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. I feel like when what makes a team stand out is when you got a great starting pitcher. Oh, of course. You know, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I mean, any, you guys have any final thoughts on that baseball? Uh, just trying What are your thoughts on UIW upcoming this Tuesday game? What do they got to do to play, win? You know, they've they been losing you, a lot of out-of-conference they games. Better, what are your thoughts? They better bounce back. <laughs> I know, uh, I mean, the last time they played them, they did lose. At final score, I think, was 7-2. Uh, to two, uh Incarnate words. So, but they're at home this time. So, and I will be uh, on the boards for that. I'll be on the boards for that game. So, uh, I'm looking for a bounce back win for uh, the Bobcats, most definitely. But somewhat. But like I said, bullpen is still in questioning. So they need possibly, you know, a midweek starter and then you know a Sunday starter. Yeah, and like Kobe mentioned, uh, their last meeting on March 22nd uh, took the loss at Incarnate Word two to four. Um, you know, I think this is just a good opportunity to come back, beat a team that you lost to earlier in the season. And, I mean, there's not a lot of season left, guys. Mm-hmm. you got there a couple isn't. more weekends, and that, that's about it. So Two more it, series. Yeah, two more two more weekend series. and Oh, no, I'm sorry, three. My fault. <laughs> yeah, My yeah. apologies. I, I was about My to say, I think uh, you got Louisiana. Um, Little Rock, right? Little Rock, I believe. And then Georgia. And ULM. Southern. Georgia State. Oh, Georgia yeah. State. ULM, too. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, all these winnable series, obviously, but – you want to go into the tournament with a lot of momentum and a head full of steam. So I say go in there, take every game seriously like it's the playoffs, and, hey, let's let's go make some noise in the tournament. Amen. That's exactly what I was going to say because, you know, this baseball team – this you towards the end of the season you want to go hot into that tournament oh, of course. you want no to question. ride off some momentum and that's exactly what I was going to say and this baseball team they're going to have to win these games these out of conference games and 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 start to get some momentum for these few series upcoming and if they can do that they'll be hot and they'll really hit the tournament with the ground running now a team that is staying hot a team that's staying hot for their final series that's about to be this weekend in Arlington the Texas State softball team has had yeah. a series here at home this weekend against the Troy Trojans. Now, that series wipes out with a series sweep for the Bobcats. And that was their final home series here. It was senior night last yesterday, yesterday senior afternoon, I would guess you could call it. Uh, <laughs> Sunday afternoon, we had the seniors get recognition on the field. And it was just an amazing series. I want y'all's thoughts on the softball team, guys. They're on a 12-game win streak now. We were saying they were inconsistent, and they've responded. I'm, they must have heard us on BCR. They're coming out hot. What are y'all's thoughts on this team? Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I remember being on Bobcat Radio and uh, just talking to you guys. We were pretty critical of the softball team oh, yeah. and the way they started playing. But... Like you said, Justin, they probably heard the criticism, not just from us, but from I'm sure the coaching staff did a great job of, you know, letting them know that they can play to a much higher level. And they clearly are on a 12 game win streak. So, I mean, again, kind of the same case with the baseball team. You don't you got two more games left or I guess three against uh, Arlington University, Arlington. So just take those games seriously and. uh, Really just keep building off of that momentum. That's really all I can say about this team. They're just playing great absolutely absolutely you know 12 game winning streak justin i know you alluded uh, alluded to that uh yeah actually yesterday so uh you know this softball team is red hot i'm glad they're finally you know back on the winning stage after we've been giving them so much criticism about how you know they've been inconsistent you know with their pitching pitching really hasn't been that big of an issue because jessica mullins has been absolutely dominant on the mound mm-hmm. this season so you know props to her but as far as you know being aggressive at the plate uh, you know, in the batter's box, you know, that's where the money, the money maker is at. So, but I'm glad they're finally hot and they're hot at the right time. Cause if you, cause they have one more game of the series, uh, one more series against UTA and then they go straight to, you know, conference play in the Sun Belt. So, you know, this is crunch time now, And but what a better way, what a better way to get hot than, than right now. Yeah. And we knew that they had the potential to be a very good team at the beginning oh, yeah. of the season. I mean, we saw oh, the yes. game against Oregon uh, to start the season. I think it was in February. Mm-hmm. They only lost 3-7, to seven, and Oregon was ranked number 12 at the time. That's not bad. And, I mean, you know, we saw them during the season just beat some good teams, lose inconsistently, like we said, and we were just like, you need to take that next step. And they did. They proved us all wrong so mm-hmm. far. And um, hopefully they can continue it on into the tournament. But, Justin, I'm interested to see. Oh, yeah. I got some thoughts. I, you know, I got to report this whole weekend for the softball team and watch that whole series. And Great I'm just going to. by the way. Oh, thank you. Yes. Appreciate Same. it. Yes. I agree. will say this. 
I am so glad I got to watch that series because, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, our softball team is good. Very and I'm just going to say this is this is why. You have Jessica Mullins on the pitching circle with an ERA of 1.89. Okay? Her Friday ap- afternoon, oh, she just gives you nine strikeouts. Well, Saturday, you know, she'll just drop 11 on your head. Mm-hmm. And and then for, you know, Sunday, you know, she had to take it a little light, little light lunch. She got five strikeouts. Okay? Well, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right there. That is an impressive performance. 25 strikeouts for the weekend. Yeah, I'll take that any day. And you have hitters. You have hitters like Sierra Trahan, the freshman that I went to high school with. She's here hitting it. She had her first career triple in a far right field. Gets her all the way to third place. Vanderford sacks her out. I mean, sack flies so she can get home. Beautiful. And I'm just saying this team, the way they work, and Caitlin Rogers' response from your seniors. I'm just going to say right now, senior catcher. She made such an impact on all these games. Friday, bases are loaded. She hits it in the far right field. People score, builds the lead, wins the game. Saturday, game's tied. 1-1, bottom of the seventh inning. Bases are loaded. You know what she does? You know, I'm just going to record my second career triple and hit in the far right field and score the <laughs> game and win it. And then Sunday, she doesn't do anything different. Her first two at-bats were difficult. She was missing, missing. She Guess what she did? She hits in the far center field, scores, wins us the game. So all I'm going to say is that response from your seniors, and especially during the senior weekend, was impressive to see. Kat Krennic obviously made a huge impact on this. Kylie George, huge hits on this. Sarah Vandiver. Sarah, Sarah Vandiver. Vandiver. Mm-hmm. Vandiver currently is a junior for us, but she's doing amazing. Yeah. Yes, you're right. <laughs> She'll she, be back. Because after we're talking about the top hitters on this team, you're talking Trey Hand, Rogers, you're talking Vanderford. They're all in per- beautiful order. Kat Krennic's a great hitter as well. Yeah, I just love this team, and they are they are hot at the right time. Yeah, and unlike the baseball team, like we mentioned, Jessica Mullins being just that cornerstone, that main piece of this team. I feel really confident that they could make a deep run in this. And, uh, you know, I don't have those same worries that I do about the baseball team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they're going to get reliable pitching. And, you know, the hitting is there, too. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a matter of them getting in, uh, consistent with both of those things. So now I, to relate this back to the baseball team, if they're able to get that pitching I mean, who who knows? Who knows exactly? Well, yeah, that's so that's what I was seeing this whole weekend. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this softball team is unique and they're powerful because they have a pitcher that is literally the face of their program. If you saw mm-hmm. a picture of Jessica Mullins, you're thinking softball team. Okay, right now we need a starting pitcher or a pitcher like that for the baseball team that would just stand out, right? You know. But thing is, with softball, they have a little bit of a benefit. They can play a starting pitcher, the same pitcher every <laughs> single game of the series, which is obviously a benefit for the softball team. But yes. They are doing just extraordinary, and I, I just I'm so glad we're finally giving the recognition. And they're on this 12 game win streak. And not to forget, like you know, last year they were in the NCAA tournament. They go into that on a 16 game win streak. They lose to Oregon, and you know, Oregon was their home opener this year. And I got the pleasure to watch that. And you know, they kind of put up a game against you know a nationally ranked team. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know, this team definitely has that opportunity. If you have the hitting that you have, and then you have that pitching, man, this team is unstoppable. I mean, it's kind of. It's really kind of been the storyline of both teams, really, if you look at it. You know, them playing against top-ranked teams. I know baseball, we we always talk about that, you know, Texas series that was down to the wire for both games. And then, obviously, uh, uh, obviously the series against 11-ranked Arizo- uh, Arizona, too. So, you know, and that's kind of been the story, not only for baseball, but also softball. You know, them playing Oregon, them playing Texas, uh, Oklahoma at one point. You know, so there, there's been – there's been tough competition for this team and they we don't give enough recognition for that because you know it's tough it's tough playing top ranked teams but if you battle with them i mean that's a that's a win in my book because it shows that you can beat teams like that so now softball heading into their final conference series before their playoffs start they don't have three more like baseball does they only have one more series and it is in arlington starting may 5th here this upcoming weekend and it's going to be a battle in Arlington hopefully the Bobcats can s- secure those three wins and then they'll have a 15 game win streak going in the tournament which is kind of just like last year 100% but yes our baseball team and our softball team are busy softball is playing this weekend baseball this Tuesday we'll make sure and let you know everything that happens during those games but Next, we're going to have to take a transition here, and I'm going to take a little transition, and I think y'all will be fine with this, just to recognize what track has been doing right now. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay? Right now, we had a recently this past weekend, Daniel Harold, 
he ran a 13.69 in the 110-meter hurdles, breaking a 35-year-old school record. They are breaking school records, guys. Another one right here. The Bobcats set the record again. The women's 4x1, they broke a record just literally two weeks ago. Now they ran a 44.80, and they broke it just again. This Texas State track team breaking records. We're talking about Alyssa Wilson. We're talking about Dominic Yancey. We're talking about Bobcats just doing what they do best. And it seems like Charles Austin must be proud. I just want to hear your thoughts on this track team right now, how they're doing right now this past weekend. It's it's just so impressive to see so many different programs at Texas State be successful. I mean, you know, we don't really take our time out of the day to look at the track team, which we should more often because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you just talked about those awards they're winning. I mean, they're doing everything they can too. And there might be one program on campus that's not, you know, winning games yet, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. The track team, uh, you know, you just got to be really happy with what they've been doing. And this has been like, you know, you said 35 years, but for a long time, the track team has been very good. And mm-hmm. I think now uh, with the new AD and stuff, I think you can kind of move forward with track and make that one of the priorities, I think. And now with you guys starting to cover it here at KTSW more, um, you know, I'll be graduated, but uh, <laughs> you, you guys are just doing a really great job of it. And I think the track team definitely is uh, uh, on the right path and getting more coverage. So I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Because honestly, as a former track athlete, you know, it's tough to be in. There's a difference between being in football shape and then there's a in difference track between, in track shape. Yeah. Yes. Being being in track shape is so tough because that means you're but you have to you know balance your food more you know drink lots of water because you're going to be doing a lot of running so but I mean breaking a record that has been held for 35 years that's like breaking a curse that is uh, like on a on an NFL football team that is just probably not going to just just going to live on but uh, I mean this tra- I mean we don't get enough credit for the track team. And we should because honestly, this just this past year of Bobcat sports altogether has been crazy, crazy busy. You know, Texas State, you know, softball, baseball, track, uh, even golf had some action. Even tennis was in the conference, you know, tournament and everything. So, but you know, this track team is absolutely crazy. I, I, like I said, I was a, uh, able to pri- privilege of interviewing, you know, Will, Alyssa Wilson and Dominic Ancy, but now I got to give some love to Harold too because that's that's. That's a tough record to be if it's been 35 years. <laughs> 35 years. That's you know crazy. Bobcats have gone through this school in 35 years doing the same exact thing, not to break it. That is amazing. And, yes, I'm glad, guys, we're here. And we're giving Texas State track their roses because they're doing great things and all the programs are. Um, and you mentioned kind of one program isn't. But I will tell you, there was an athlete from that program. There is an athlete, guys. I'm telling you right now, recently past Thursday, you may have heard of it. The NFL draft. It's a thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. Well, <laughs> K- I don't know if it's Savion or Kavion, but I want to... Uh, Savion. Savion. Yep. We have a man, a Bobcat here in Texas State, Savion Patton. Patton. He is the senior defensive line for the Texas State football team. And guess what? He just got drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. He's signed by them. Guys, I want to hear your thoughts for a Bobcat going in the NFL. I know you probably have previous experience with this. I don't know. You've been here a while, Gage. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on it. No, I think Savion is a great guy. Um, obviously, off the field, I've had a chance to interview him a couple times and uh, was always super nice and cordial. But on the field, he was probably one of the most important pieces to that defensive line for the Texas State Bobcats. Um, he was disruptive um, and was just always in the play always seemed to be there so um i'm really excited for him he got picked up as an undrafted free agent to the indianapolis colts mm-hmm. um and he'll be joining a couple other bobcats i believe aaron brewer is still on the titans mm-hmm. former offensive lineman for the bobcats um and then i think uh david mayo is still i'm not, I'm not sure what team he's on but I, i'm sure he's still in the league so uh just happy to see another bobcat representing and hopefully we can see more in the future but that's uh you know, wishful thinking. We gotta get some wins. Yeah, we gotta get some <laughs> wins. Yeah, start with some wins in the Sun Belt. I mean, we saw a lot of Sun Belt players taken. Uh, if you want to talk about one Sun Belt player in particular, uh, Jalen Tolbert got picked mm-hmm. up from South Alabama to the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, just a, mm-hmm. yeah, I know, but <laughs> Kobe, uh, I mean, you know, we, we were watching the draft uh, oh, these course. past three days and we saw the increase in Sun Belt players and also, um, just like the extra year of eligibility for yes. um, the COVID. So we saw one of the most athletic and deepest draft classes we've ever seen. So, 
I really think Texas State needs to get in on that, and that starts with next year. Oh, of course. Got to start winning football games and start getting these kids' names out there because mm-hmm. we have, you know, I, I'm friends with Brock Sturgis. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know who Brock Sturgis is, running back for the Texas State Bobcats last year. Um, he'll be transferring. But um, Brock was telling me that he thinks – you know, Brock has played with a lot of the guys who are in the NFL. He played with Brandon Ayuk at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, pl- he said that playing with a, uh, a lot of the guys at Texas State, he says that they have the talent to make it to the NFL. So it's just a matter of getting them wins, getting them exposure, and uh, letting them do their thing. So I- I'm excited, but, you know, I think with the change, we got to see some change. Oh, yes. You know, football. football is – what I like to call a man's game. Yeah, I think that I, that speaks for I think <laughs> it speaks for itself. So, but you know, to me, the Sun Belt doesn't get enough recognition like they At should cuz when it comes to when it comes to the NFL draft, it kind of really depends on the bigger schools if you if if you don't notice, you know, obviously Big 12, SEC, Big 10, ACC. I mean, you know. I mean we saw Georgia. Yeah, you know, five uh, five players picked on just one side of the ball just one side of the ball yeah (laughs) that's great that's unbelievable you know ohio state as well you know they alabama alabama as well yeah so but honestly you know like you said if you get enough exposure then and make a name for yourself then you're gonna you're gonna turn out to be you know one of the best i know you know obviously the big you know the big time conferences you know kind of overlap the sunbelt a little bit but if you have like lots of exposure like if you're gonna be like that guy then you're gonna have to step up so but i mean i'm really proud of you know i'm obvious that Patton at least got drafted i know oh well like you said he was undrafted but at least he got signed to someone you know because being on draft is tough because you have to go through this long long process and you know have to go through scouts and it's a it's a very long process so but i'm happy for him now but back to you know to texas state football it's going to be you know very tough because you know, obviously we we saw the schedule pretty much so you know, uh you know we just gotta just gotta you know get some wins because i know last year we had you know very very high hopes especially against baylor the first game of the, se- the season and you know we we had high hopes for him and now they can on a decline so but i hope all the new recruiting it kind of you know brings this team some light so let's let's see what they do yeah and you know one thing i'll also mention too is uh last year they had uh jeremiah haydell with mm-hmm. uh, the incredible catch and you know because of covid and uh all of the other teams not participating in the or i guess in the normal length season uh that that exposed a lot more bobcats on national tv than we're normally used to so uh and that comes with winning and that come obviously you know that situation happened because of the virus and stuff but they will continue to keep getting those national uh those national opportunities if they just continue to improve and get better because those are the games that scouts want to come out to the Texas oh, yeah. State Baylor game, the Texas State uh, UT, Texas State A and M. Like those are the games where you give your guys a chance to play, play hard, turn some heads, and you know in the in the process also increase the uh, just the legitimacy of a program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I think. A real thing, a big thing is that Sun Belt doesn't get its recognition, right? We don't, we don't. I, before I even came here, I never knew what the Sun Belt was. Okay, I, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> so, thing is, if you have really good teams that are winning and you have good athletes on those teams, those get recognition and then they go pro, right? And that's what we like to see. We love to see. But on the MLB side, we got Paul Goldschmidt. We got a lot of you know MLB talent up in there. We got in, we got NFL talent now, and we did have NBA with Jeff Foster back in the '90s. But if y'all know that, that's a little shout out to them. Hey, but Jeff Foster, man, <laughs> Jeff I, Foster for the Pacers, <laughs> baby, love it. Now listen. Now, um, what I have to say is that, guys, we, you know, football, we want some success to come from this new coaching staff that we got. We got some new defensive players coming in. We got some new picks coming in. But obviously, we have something else new. This is breaking news, guys. A $2 million donation. Donation, guys. $2 million donation given by Bo and Darlene Trevion to honor their son, William Trevion IV, this gift will assist in the end zone complex renovation. Like, what's that fancy word? Well, it's a humongous weight room that's going to be on right by the end zone, guys, that fans can walk on top of. And it will have glass viewing in the bottom. I just want to hear your thoughts on this in general, guys. Do you think this will make an impact on the team, a huge new weight room, guys? I don't know if you had a chance to see the picture on your Twitter, guys. I just want to hear what you all think about this. kind of big deal, $2 million for a yeah. football program. It needs to be talked about, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, first off, I think uh, the naming of the 
actual weight room facility is really nice. It's in tribute to a fallen Texas State, uh, a former Texas State player. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think when you invest a lot of money into a facility like this, mm-hmm. you, ho- you hope that it'll, you know, bring fans and it'll bring recruits too because that's a big thing is when oh, you're course. trying to get someone to come to Texas State, you want to show them, look at our facilities. Look at or our Show them the shiny mm-hmm. things. Show them the shiny things because we don't really have any trophies to show them. So let's show them this <laughs> shiny new weight room. And I don't think it's a bad idea. But, again, it, it, this really – all it has to do is with performance mm-hmm. from here on, and so I, I think this is this is a a good a, a good thing to bring people more eyes to the product. But let's actually capitalize on it and perform, because that's ultimately what's going to get butts in seats and players in the NFL. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, anytime you know, renovation is cool. You know, renovation is nice, but it kind of matters what you do on the field. You know, off the field, you know, obviously, you know, in the weight room, you know, doing the extra time that you need to, you know, get your body right. That's kind of uh, like a, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like a side job, but it's more like a like a piece of a piece of your mentality. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, I mean, I like it. You know, I, I like the fact that you're trying something new and, you know, everything that they they're doing is is kind of leading to what they want to do. But at the same time, you got to really kind of focus on what you want to do on the field. I mean, it kind of doesn't matter what you do off the field. But as long as you don't do anything crazy, but <laughs> but on the field is kind of really where where it's at. Yeah, and also uh, real quick before we move on, uh, I know uh, William Trevilian is uh, the fourth. Uh, the, the fourth, fourth yeah. yeah, is his name. So, and they're um, gonna be naming it right after him, which is good. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, giving some recognition to him. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing, and also uh, again another legitimate uh, addition to the stadium that's already really nice. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, this is definitely going to bring in a lot more people, and it's going to bring in a lot more fans, too, to see this new renovation. A lot of fans are going to show up. Maybe they don't, if you know, if our football team isn't winning, they still want to see this new football stadium, right? <laughs> but, I, you know, I think it will have an impact, and it definitely will bring in a lot more players. They see a shiny, brand-new weight room, and it's also great for the players because it is a responsibility of theirs to stay fit and to make sure that they can get on the field and be strong. Um, final oh, words, Gage? Yeah, just uh, one quick thing, too. I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, some of the high school kids, Malik. Uh, Malik Presley. And, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got Malik Presley. who got Breaking news. Yeah. I guess not breaking news. This is a, <laughs> this is a, a couple weeks old. But, um, you know, Malik Presley, the uh, four-star recruit from San Marcos High School, the basketball player, he just got an offer from LSU. That's and, right. And uh, also got an offer from, or I, I'm sorry, Ori Williams, uh, offensive lineman for the San Marcos High School. Joe, uh, Coach Walsh's football team also just got an offer from LSU. So two San Marcos High School athletes. Might see them in the bayou soon. Man, I wanted Malik Press to be a bobcat. <laughs> he hey, might just become a tiger. Right? I mean, the thing is, we, we got to be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Malik Presley is a very really good, good basketball player. And, you know, the, no uh, no disrespect to the Texas State basketball program either, because I think Coach TJ has done a great job. Oh, yeah. But Absolutely. It's, it's different levels to this. And mm-hmm. Malik is, you know, one of the best. I think ESPN just named him the 75th best player in the oh, nation wow. right now. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for him and for Ori, too. I mean, we didn't see Ori play very much last year, but he's got all of the tools. I mean, when I went out to practice, and I'm assuming you guys will go out to practice this year, you can't miss him. He's the biggest dude on the field. He's 6'8". <laughs> okay. Like, he's a massive kid. Looks like a lost NFL player. Yeah, he really <laughs> does. Um, so, hey, shout out to him, too, for getting that offer. Um, I think this, it's just really great to see all these uh, all these kids get, you know, higher Division One offers and you know, just because Malik Presley probably won't come here, hmm. I have faith that Caden Gums does. I think that's a more realistic option. Oh, yeah. I think Caden Gums has an offer from Texas State. So, oh yeah, we definitely would need some you know replacement in that point guard position. You know, we've had a lot of players move. We had Mason Harrell just you know graduate, so we definitely need that spot to be taken up. But we have to let him graduate first high school. <laughs> but yes, you know how it is at close the wall. We give recognition to all of our San Marcos you know players, Texas State and the Rattlers. So I'm glad to see they're doing good. And Malik Presley, well deserving of that. LSU, go Tigers, baby. Now, listen, um, but go Bobcats. But, okay, so <laughs> one final thing. Well, I mean, not final thing, but one thing I have to talk about, guys. We were talking about football. We are talking about on the collegiate level. We are talking about Texas State. And then I remember we were talking about some drafts, guys. We were talking about the COVID year eligibility and how it affected the draft. But, you know, I didn't get a chance to hear y'all's thoughts on the draft. We're going to go to that national side, guys, of Claws oh, to the Wall. Boy. I want to uh, hear two of these biggest football minds here go at it. I want to hear y'all top four picks 
in the draft and why you think you're your top four picks. If you don't, you know, you know we don't want to get too long because we're going to talk about some NBA game ones after. But I want to hear y'all's thoughts on that that draft, guys. Was it a good draft? I want to hear your thoughts. Oh man. Okay. So Kobe, I don't know how you feel about this draft class, but I think like again, as I mentioned earlier, this is the deepest draft class we've seen in years. Oh yes, um, absolutely. There's talent all the way in the sixth round who's probably still going to make an impact, um, and for a lot of teams, but. The problem with this is that I think, you know, you have all of these athletes and a lot of guys who didn't have film to watch because of the that's COVID what it's, year. That's what it seemed like, because the more I, you know, as players get drafted, there wasn't really a lot of highlight films that were like a stand, like a standout. Yeah. Like we saw like in the first round, second round, maybe third round here and there. But, you know, in the later rounds, you just really didn't see any highlights very much. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's hard to it's already hard enough to grade players and to evaluate them. Mm -hmm. But. When you throw in all of these other, you know, factors, all these nuances, it really does make it difficult to decide who you're going to go with on drafting. We saw some teams, you know, have to reach for some players at points, and you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about the bad, the bad picks. I want to talk about the good picks because <laughs> um, one team that I think did especially well was the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. I got to start with them. They yes. drafted Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame at the 15th pick. He fell Absolutely. way further than I thought he was going to, mm -hmm. and they got a stud. Him and Tyler Linderbaum in the first round. That is just great value. And Ravens also so got what would Ojabo you, so, in the so second. So what would you grade? Like, if you had to, like, give them, like, a letter grade, what would you grade them? A, a plus, 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 plus. <laughs> them, a, them and the New York Jets, too. Oh, no question. The Jets were able to get three of their – three players that they thought were top ten. Absolutely. Ahmad Gardner sauce, man. Did you see him with the yeah, chain and stuff, bro, too? The, the bottle of sauce, I bro, wonder if like... he actually fills that up with sauce. No. No? No. That, with diamonds, probably. Yeah, that, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, another type of sauce. <laughs> of sauce. But he, he, he was saying he, he was saying he puts like barbecue sauce in it. But well, well, anyway, we, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. I mean Garrett Wilson from Lake Travis and mm -hmm. uh, Ohio State. So he's a great player. And then they were able to get uh, uh, Josh. Uh, I'm, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> Jay Johnson, mm -hmm. uh, John Johnson, I guess is his name. And um, I just think the Jets and the Ravens were the two teams that personally had the best drafts. What about you, Kobe? For me, I would probably, Jet, for Jets for sure had a really good draft. But I'm going to say Jermaine the, Johnson. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so the Jets, and I'm going to say the Saints actually had a decent draft. You know, I mean, getting, you know, Chris Ole, who has been absolutely amazing at Ohio State. I love State. Olave. I, I love him. He's so good. And, you know, the fact that he got to finish his career at the Rose Bowl against Utah, my. Lord, that was that was very very impressive. It's, that was insane. It's but, crazy. These Ohio State receivers are so yeah, good, man. It's it's unbelievable. Gonna, Bama Jack, too. Yeah, Bama too. You got to give you know them some love too. I know Jameson Willis, uh, Williams. I know he was coming off an injury, but still got drafted first round. So that's that's still a plus. But I mean, the Jets and the Saints kind of kind of really stole. I think they stole you know the draft this season. But you know, you never know. You know, teams could have different predictions so we'll see what happens with Justin these. do you have a team that you follow the Texans baby hey I, let's let's talk about the Texans real Derek quick Stanley Jr. I think they had a great draft yeah, too I'm very underrated like this might be the best draft class that the Texans have had in a really long time and it starts with Stingley mm -hmm. Stingley is gonna be that guy um, I really don't have any worries about him at the next level as, as long as he can stay healthy we saw what he can do he was the best corner in football as a freshman on that championship team. So I'm really excited about what the Texans did. But, Kobe, do you want to talk about your team, too? What did You know, when I look at our draft picks, I'm not going to lie. Hey, you should. Who, who do you root for? The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, yeah. just making sure. Our yeah, fans. I'm just making sure. Because sometimes y'all don't <laughs> see I, it, but he walks I know, in here. I know Nolan was cringing in the first round. I clearly uh, saw yeah. you know everything that had happened. <laughs> but, Shout I mean, other than that, I'm I'm actually pretty happy with my picks, honestly, because we needed receivers. You know, we did need quarterback, obviously, you know, been retiring, and obviously the tragic news about Dwayne Haskins, you know, passing away. But, you know, Kenny Pickett, and then we also got a quarterback from South Dakota State, Chris, uh, I think it's a Lodicon, something like that, but yeah. out of South Dakota <laughs> State. A flyer on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, sorry if I butchered the name, but you know, I'm not, I'm not. Too, I mean, I'm happy with it. You know, it's not, it's a good draft. You know, George, uh, George, the Pickens, George Pickens, that pick, I, I was, that. I was really rooting for. That was an awesome pick, and then Calvin Austin, the third mm -hmm. from Memphis. 
bro, I'm 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 pretty happy about that. And no when you, and when you think about historically how well the Steelers have done drafting wide receivers, I'm confident that these guys will find success at the next level. Absolutely, I mean, Pickens. If it weren't for a couple off the field and um, injury issues, he might have been a first round pick. Oh yes, no, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. for you guys to get him in late in the second, hey, good job, Pittsburgh. What, what's Wait, you're saying Pickett was a second round pick? I thought he was first round. No, I'm saying George Pickens. Oh, George Pickens. Nah, oh, not, yeah, yeah. Not, not Kenny Pickett. <laughs> okay, no, okay, cool. Well, but I was that, just making sure. That's different from the Kenny Pickett pick. So I should probably should mention something about Kenny Pickett, too, because I don't know why the Steelers didn't take Malik Willis. It was right there. <laughs> I saw Malik Willis first uh, no. round. It, it, I mean, don't, it just made sense. Don't but, remind me. Yeah, I, I no, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> that when I heard, okay, I'm not going to lie. When I heard the name, I, I was like, Lean back in my chair, and I actually fell like in the back of my chair when it happened when I heard the pick because I was just screaming. I was just laying on the floor, like <laughs> it's, Malik, uh, it's, no. Malik. <laughs> it's Malik, it's Malik, but no, but no, but hey, you know, I can't complain about Kenny Pickett. I mean, he came, did, he did come from Pittsburgh, yeah. you know, and he did play well in Pittsburgh, so you know, we'll see, we'll see what he, what he can do. I think you know, he could have a strong future in this franchise, yeah. So, we've seen. You know, NFL draft occurred last week, guys. It's going to be an exciting season. So much uh, unpredictability with the season coming up. And we're going to give you all the information on it and update you with it, as always, on Close to the Wall later on this year. But we have to talk about another national sport. Now, you got to hear about your NFL analyst here at KTSW, George, I mean, Gage Sutton. And you got Kobe Jackson here, obviously, telling you all you need to know about that NFL draft. But I want to take a side trick, another trip to the NBA, guys, because it's the playoffs and it's the second round guys and we had some big bouts here today we had the eastern conference in the western conference i got to talk about game one first eastern conference the final score 101 bucks over the 89 points for the celtics the milwaukee bucks take the game one here and that's off of a huge 24 triple 20 sorry 24 point triple double 13 rebounds and 12 assists for Giannis. and then we get into that game 100 the next game western conference we had the memphis grizzlies and the that golden was state a, warriors that was Battle. The number three My seed, God. number two seed, shots going back and forth. Final score, 117-116. Golden State steals this one. And Memphis, we had John Morant. He only scored around... 34 points. That's a lot. Okay. <laughs> 34 points. He's one rebound away from a triple-double, nine rebounds, 10 assists. We have Jaron Jackson with 33 and 10, shooting three-pointers like Curry. And we had Golden State... Obviously, Stephen Curry with 24 points and Jordan Poole with 31. But I want to hear y'all's thoughts on that game one. Milwaukee, Boston first. Predictions on the series. Thoughts on first one. Well, you know, I actually kind of wanted to try something with you guys. Um, Let's do it. Can we can we look at each series and each of us kind of go through who we think is going to be the X factor for that series? Yeah, Not you. of course. Okay, so for Milwaukee me, Bucks and Boston Celtics, who's yeah, the X factor? Let me start with that one. I really think that this series... It's really going to be Giannis. I mean, that's the easy answer. I know, you know, everyone's going to talk about Giannis, but they really are at a disadvantage right now without Chris Middleton. I mm -hmm. did not think that they were going to be able to go into Boston game one and pull away a win like that and a game where Jason Tatum ultimately struggled quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So if Giannis is able to pull away and, you know, establish this and make this a dominant win for the Bucks, I mean we might have to start talking about him as one of the greatest of all time. And I mean, this is bold. Maybe this is bold, but Giannis is better than KD. And I don't think it's close. Whoa. Maybe right now. No, maybe I, right now. I think maybe when it's all said and done, probably too, it will be Giannis. Oh yeah. 10 years from now. Maybe. Yeah. K KD will be the more skilled player when it's all said and done. But when, but when you look at what Giannis, how just efficient he is on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's yep. it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So your X factor, Milwaukee, Boston, is going to be Giannis. Yeah, I got to go Giannis. Yep. And you think the Bucks are going to win this one? Uh, no, I mean no, it's just they're just no, that's he's tough. he's just the the guy that has we'll just, the we'll most just, responsibility. We'll just say game two, like who'll win game two? Yeah, oh yeah. Also, but the thing is, we're talking about who is just has the most responsibility right now to win a series, and it's Giannis because it, he yeah, has his whole I, team on his back. You have your best shooter gone. It's definitely a big thing here. So uh, that's what we're talking about for each series. Who is going to be the, the guy with the most pressure? Sure. And when you think about like LeBron and those teams from a couple years ago with Miami and uh, Cle Cleveland, Cleveland, when mm -hmm. Kyrie and uh, Kevin Love were out, LeBron was expected to carry the load and moving forward. And that's that's what the superstars are supposed mm -hmm. to do, and LeBron did exactly. So this is really where Giannis is going to separate himself from the men and the boys. Mm -hmm. If he's able to do this without the help of Chris Middleton, 
that's where we sat. That's where we have to sit down and be like, there are no excuses. Yeah, he won this yes. series without his second best player. There's no excuses. He, like he is the goat, and or one of the goats mm-hmm. because KD is not doing this. KD had to go join no. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and a 73 win Warriors team to get his championship. Mm-hmm. So talk about Mickey Mouse rings. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> moving on. All right, Kobe. I want to hear your X factor for that series, man. <laughs> you pretty much. You pretty much nailed it. I got. You know, Giannis, once again, and like you said, you know, he's becoming one of the all-time greats in this league. You know, I know we kind of talk about the NBA Top 75, which I think is still rigged to this day, because there's certain <laughs> players that should be on that list that are not, not deserve it. Yeah. You're not wrong, man. Yeah, seriously. But Giannis has become one of, like, a fan favorite. In a luxury. In a luxury. Yeah, in a luxury, because if you look at, you know, what he's done in his career, since he's been in the league, it's been outstanding. You know, I know, you know, a few playoff losses, you know, that kind of that kind of does hurt. But when he finally reached the promised land and finally got that championship ring and an NBA Finals MVP, that speaks lots of volume. And to me, he's going to be the X factor of this series because there's no way. Uh, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Give credit to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You know, they are absolute like all stars in this league. But there's just no way they're going to stop Giannis. No, no, no way. Absolutely not. I completely agree. Y'all are both right. I was going to say this from the start, Giannis Antetokounmpo, okay? There's never been a guy so dominant in the paint since Shaquille O'Neal himself, okay? This guy, his first game in this series, he's giving you a 24, 13, and 12 in the first game, and he's (laughs) running it down the court, dunking on your head. You have to be scared. There's no size to stop him. I heard Jacob Aromi, Nolan Phillips, they say they have Robert Williams. Robert Williams, he did not stop him, man. He still got his 24-point triple-double, and Brooke Lopez (laughs) still got 11 rebounds. What were you doing? Threw it off the backboard to himself. Two-handed. Oh, my gosh, I mean, it's unbelievable. And also... Hey, the whole argument against Giannis was he doesn't have any skill. He doesn't have any skill. Man, this please. dude's got a bag now. He got a bag. He's exactly. shooting mid-range. He's shooting threes. We've seen that. And here's what I got to say, man, about this series. Giannis is going to dominate, and he's going to do it. And what makes superstars superstars, what makes people clutch, is they're willing to change their game. They got to change what they need to They need to improve in the clutch time. And that's what we saw in that final game last year against the Phoenix Suns. He yes. scored 16 out of 17 free throws. You want to tell you that's not his game? Well, he's going to make it his game for that final one. Game. Superstars step up to the moment. He's stepping up to the moment. People don't realize who the Celtics are playing against. You're playing against the reigning champs, baby. Playing against number 32, someone that trained his butt off, gained muscle weight, came from Greece, and he's here, and he's playing hot. That's 30, what I have to say. 34, but you... Yeah. 34! Why did I say... Thir- <laughs> Sorry, of Sha- my of bad. Shaq, huh? My bad. Shaq is just so dominant. Now, guys, X-Factor, Giannis in that series, but Memphis, Warriors, who is your X-Factor in that series? Oh. Who has... The biggest X factor. I'm gonna have to say it. It's right here, John Morant. John Morant, you're going to have to lead your team. I think it's John Morant here. Okay, guys, John Morant. Here's my point. I'm gonna start it off on this series, and here's what I'm gonna say. I think John Morant, you're going against a Warriors team that has all stars. You're playing against a former superstar that's won championships. You're playing against Klay Thompson, the deadly shooter who could shoot in the fourth quarter, and we saw it here today. A game that was so close and tied until the very last minute, where John Morant, the man that I'm saying, missed a clutch free throw. So I believe the pressure is on him. It's the second game coming up and it's going to be at home and you want your home team to deliver now he did drop 30 points i know that is huge and he's going to have to because look he dropped 30 and still lost Mm -hmm. he's going to have to and because here's one thing you guys have to realize there's another guy on that warriors team that i didn't mention that's making just as much of an impact jordan pool first time in the playoffs the guy's already scored 33 times is is that who you're gonna go with kobe who's your x factor Kobe? okay might have to be jordan pool i was gonna say i was I love Jordan Poole. I think he's a Give him true. Respect. He, I think he's a true rising star in the league, especially on the Warriors, because they're now coming, you know, bouncing back from obviously all their injury losses that they've had with Jamar Green with his back injury, and then obviously Clay Thompson with his ankle and his Achilles. So, uh, but they're back in playoff form. However, I really, I do love the Warriors, but to me, it's going to be Draymond Green in this series, and I'm going to tell you, wow. and I'm going to tell you why. Because the Memphis Grizzlies are playing in inexperience. Draymond Green, Clay, Steph, they've all had experience in playoffs and they've dominated in the playoffs. I know kind of, you know, the losses here and there kind of bites yeah. the dust. But to me, and let me tell you something, that flagrant two foul was so unnecessary. That should have been a flagrant one at the most, not a flagrant two. I'm just gonna point that out for a split second. But 
to me, he's going to be the X factor of the series because he's one of the best defenders in the league. He can really mess with your head like Patrick Beverly, unfortunately. But he is he's going to be to me the X factor. I know he doesn't score a lot, but if you look at what he does on you know on the other side of the ball. He's a true X factor, and I think he's my X factor. Yeah, he's the motor that makes them run. Yes, um, and for me personally, I think this is Golden State series to lose. I think they're the more experienced team, the more talented team. Um, I really do think the Warriors are going to win, but I'm not counting Memphis out of it. I think they are bringing a lot of energy. They kept it close uh, yesterday, but they're really going to have to. Uh, keep it going and i think it starts with jaron jackson jr for, yeah. for the grizzlies i think this is one of the first games we've really seen him go off and maybe we can contribute that to draymond getting that flagrant too um and you know kind of taking advantage of no draymond that defensive presence but if if grizzly if the grizzlies have any hope of winning they're going to need jaron jackson jr to play well mm-hmm. yeah they're going to need to maintain simple. healthiness too with the young team that's what i need to say about all young teams young teams they're not playing they're playing with their heart. They're not even thinking with their head. They're running up for a block, and they're running 98 miles per hour. They're going to they're gonna injure themselves somehow. And you need to preach healthiness, uh, you know, staying healthy to this young team. If you're going to try and beat the Warriors, you got to do it healthy. you got to eat your vegetables, and you got to work out. Okay? <laughs> Drink your milk. Drink your milk here if you want to win that series. <laughs> now, I have two other series, guys. we got two other round twos, and we got some time here, guys. I want to hear your X Factor. If we have time, I'm going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. Who is your X Factor? What I'm going to say mm. here, and I got to start off and go, and this is just it Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, guys, he's going to do it. By the way, sorry to say this, but um, most points in a playoff debut 42 for Luka Doncic when he first started the playoffs. So I'm just going to say, guys, Luka Doncic, 42 points, first, first playoff game. What are y'all's thoughts? Is he going to be the X Factor in this series? You want, you want to take it first, yeah. Kobe? Uh, <laughs> or is it, is it Chris Paul because Devin's not around? Oh, Devin Booker. Just, I think he's, he's back. Gonna, yeah, he just came back. back yeah. So uh, I'm going to get to that. I have no argument there about Luka. I think Luka is absolutely an uh, absolute awesome player. And the series is going to be so fun. But, but the, ser- the series is. However, if you look at just more experience, I have to go with Chris Paul. And because Chris Paul has been in tough situations like this, and like we've talked about, he has carried teams in the playoffs. You know, we look at when he was in Oklahoma City, when he looked at when he was in Houston, when he was with the Clippers, and then when he was with, you know, the Hornets. So to me, it would be Chris Paul as far as the X Factor because the dude is just so consistent. And we've seen that in the last few games, you know, going 100% shooting, that's, that's first of all, that's unheard of in the playoffs because that normally just does not wow. happen ever. And I mean ever. So that so to me, Chris Paul is going to be the, the X Factor. I love Luka, but it's I got to go with the vet, Chris Paul. I would love to see Chris Paul get a ring too. I think uh, he's well-deserving of it. But um, I'm kind of going to cheat here and do two X Factors. I think the Phoenix Suns are uh, – you know, the favorite, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. uh, defending Western Conference champs. But I think the only way the Dallas Mavericks win this series is if they get contributions like they did in the first round from Jalen Brunson yep. and Spencer yes. Dinwiddie. Yes. I think those two guys are going to be so important to the Mavericks. Presley, if you're listening. We know we know who Luka is. We know Luka Doncic is your superstar. He can do it all, and we expect it from him at this point. If, he, if we're really going to put him in that upper echelon of players. We expect it from him. Mm-hmm. Now, his role players, if those guys don't step up, Luca and them don't stand a chance. Oh, no. Uh, not, no not against this team. Not. So they're really going to need everyone's help. And I, I point out those two players, but you got to talk about Maxi Kleba. You got to talk about Davis Bertans. You got to talk about all of those guys who are going to get minutes. And, uh, I mean, uh, who, who do you guys think ultimately will win this series? Ultimately? Yeah. The better coaching staff? the better, I think, is Monty Williams. Yeah. And I think That's the fair. Phoenix Suns, fair. they mm-hmm. have proven, like, if you've seen the regular season and you've seen their record, they've proven that they can go on win streaks for a while. And, and mm-hmm. that and a 4-0 sweep is a four-game win streak, yeah. guys. So I think they do have an opportunity here, but I do think it's going to be a hard fight. I think guys, we're going wa- yeah. to be... You don't think so? Guys, we're going to be watching the TV with our jaw dropped, watching Luka Doncic and Devin Booker and Chris Paul going at it, guys, back and forth, back and forth, shooting circus shots. We're going to see <laughs> players and 40 points going at each other we're gonna see fans on the, the two of the best crowds i'll say dallas and phoenix are great crowds it's gonna be an exciting series to watch guys i think it goes to six goes to six i, I think se- it goes to six. seven okay you think it goes seven yes now, i wouldn't be surprised actually you guys we've got a few minutes left here quickly 
Miami and Philly is it even even is the quick question is it even a series without Joel Embiid with a broken face from Pascal's mighty elbow? To me, I don't. So okay, so the thing is that Joel Embiid is supposed to be projected to come back at least Game Three or Game Four. With That's the, the probably with the face mask on. Too. Probably going to be probably, epic. Probably with the face mask on, which he's played with that on before and has done actually pretty well. Yeah. Got to give it to him. However, to me, if you look at just, I mean, because both teams have veterans all across the board. But they're all balanced. Both these teams are pretty balanced. But I think, to me, I think Miami has the better favor. I mean, don't give me credit. I love James Harden, but to me, he's not gonna. He's probably is gonna go back to the regular James Harden that he was in Houston. And quite frankly, I don't think that's gonna help Philly in any way. So to me, Miami is gonna take the series. Now, as far as X Factor, uh, I was gonna say Tyler Hero because I love that dude. He's an absolute awesome player. But I got to go with the more experience in my man, Jimmy Buckets, for Miami Yeah, as the X Factor. That's fair. I mean, you know, looking at this series, especially without Joel Embiid, I just don't see a way Philly is able to pull this out, especially with the way that James Harden's been playing lately. Um, I, I just don't think that Philly is deep enough either without Joel Embiid to put to deal with Miami. I think Miami is just so deep from top to bottom of their roster that they could put any guy, any uh, combo, any mix of guys out there and they'll find a way to make it work. Um, so I'm, I think Miami is going to ultimately win the series uh, unless Embiid is able to make some Herculean, <laughs> like Hercules <laughs> comeback and uh, do that. But I'm for my X factor, for the Sixers, I'm going to go with Tyrese Maxey. That's exactly that's, what I'm going to say. I think Tyrese, I think Tyrese that's Maxey. That's good. Yeah. I like that. I like that. What about you? Okay. Yeah, it's Tyrese Maxey. He's my yeah. X Factor, guys. Joel Embiid's gone. James Harden's taking a facilitator role. And you need, when you're a facilitator, you need someone to score. And Tyrese Maxey is that young guard that has been able to score. He's just doing amazing things for this, this Sixers team. And if there's any hope for them against this, this Miami team, you're going to need a guard that can shoot it and score it on you. But, guys. Guys, we had covered everything here today. We did Bobcats. We did NFL. We've done NBA. And I just got to say, thanks for joining me today. Gage Sutton, it's been a wonderful time. I'm glad you've been joining us in the studio. Before you graduate, Kobe Jackson, as always, this was Justin Brown with an episode of Claws to the Wall. We hope you have a wonderful day. Like, share, and repost whatever you got to do to get us out there. And we'll hear you loud. We're going to be here for another episode this week. Be tuned and ready. This is Claws to the Wall. Have a good one. KTSW, Claws to the Wall. Let's go.